Hello. I'm drinking... <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I'm drinking mead, but it's not um, the mead that we had for our Beowulf episode. So I will be entirely functional by the end of this episode. When we're when we're back together, we're getting that mead again. Uh, welcome to the last episode of Unfortunately Required Reading for 2022. Yes. Um, <laughs> I made a bad choice, but I mean, when do I not make a bad choice when I select a book, bro? Um, yeah. <laughs> we are covering uh, The Witch of Blackbird Pond, and uh, I have entitled this episode Cottage Core White Girl Fantasies because I did not realize what a white person fantasy this book was. When I read this in like eighth grade, um, I caught on immediately because I'm 32 and black. <laughs> like I was literally just going through this as like this is just someone's weird fanfic. I think I was like 13 or 14. Okay, so you do get a pass for being like 13 or 14. Yeah, I reread this and I was like, oh, oh, like every few minutes not to mention the fact that this is billed as a historical novel it is not historical no this this girl would have this girl would have been killed in connecticut yeah absolutely killed in connecticut there's no way she would have gotten out of the witch trial with a five-year-old no um Um, so tori's drinking meat i have a sprite a nice refreshing sprite i'm hoping it uh lifts my mood because it is the holiday season uh which is hard for some people it also gets dark like, at five. Yes. I was going to say, I feel like this December has been absolute shit for everyone I know. Yeah. Everyone's just going through it. Go check in on your friends. Make sure they're doing okay. Uh, it's been a crazy year and we're probably going to get another Arctic blast. Oh so, God. You know, so for those of you who haven't listened to us 8,000 times. Um, we live in Texas. We do. And our grid is sus at best. Um, yes. Suddenly really happy that I have that portable camp stove and uh, sleeping bags and yep. uh, instructions on how to make a tarp bed. Yep. Uh, because we had... for some reason... Sorry, go ahead. We had this happen a little while ago and our grid failed. And like honestly, the way they describe the long night in Game of Thrones is like what happened to Texas. Like, like it was bad. Died and people we did die. And our state still reelected that governor. Yeah, and Ted Cruz went on vacation. Yeah, Ted Cruz went to Cancun. We don't have feelings about this at all, do we? No, I just feel bad for his daughter. Yeah, prayers to his daughter. We're not going like, to go into that. I want to kidnap further. her and raise her as my own feral child at this point. Yeah, I was thinking like we just need to like take that child. Like that child just needs to be out of that home. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that for too long. Otherwise, it'll make us sad for different reasons. You want to talk about this white woman's fanfic? Yes. So, fun story. I think last time I was saying that she was still alive. No, she died in '94. The writer. So we can be a little more brutal than I was planning. Oh, which is, epic. Is good. I wasn't um, planning on holding back, but that's also like my thing. Yeah, we 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 tend to pull a few punches when well, I do when the author is still alive. I've not never that I think we'll actually in my life. <laughs> like not that I think they'll actually listen to us, but whatever. Okay, yeah, I've so, never once pulled a punch in my entire life. That is that is not a thing I've ever done. 
my friend and I were joking the other day about um, the evils of our ability to like verbalize someone to death. Um, and yes. the fact that we actively have to choose good on a regular basis because we would be able to eviscerate somebody and then we just feel guilty about it for the rest of time. I will say I do keep myself from evisceration regularly, so I guess I do pull some punches. But like, yeah, it's it's a skill. <sighs> All right, let's do this. So short story long, Kit, a.k.a. Catherine Tyler, is a young woman from the island country of Barbados, which was basically run by England at this point in time. Um, she sets out in 1687 on the ship The Dolphin, which is piloted by Captain Eaton and his son, Nat. Um, she obviously gets along with Nat very well and seems to be one of the only people on the ship that she really understands. They have a trade route that ends up in international waters and then goes to Connecticut. Note, they are slave traders. I didn't understand that the first time. And then there you realize there's a brief thing where she's he's talking about the reason the ship's smelling so bad is that there's people in the hold. Yeah, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a pin in that. Like what? Wh what? We're putting a pin uh, in that. Lost that over in eighth grade. Um, she arrives in Connecticut to her aunt and uncle. Surprise! No one knew that she was coming. Because her parents are dead and her grandfather died and she has no place to go. Later we find out that her grandfather's friend who was in his 50s was trying to marry her 16 year old ass. So no. she was like, I can't wait. I've got to leave. Um, her aunt and uncle are Matthew and Rachel Wood, which would be so much cooler if it was Evan Rachel Wood. Um, and they have two kids and their names are Judith and Mercy. Um, Kit sold off the tropical plantation she grew up on and her slave and makes a big point about how she had to sell her slave. And she shows up with like seven trunks of clothes and is like, where are my servants? And I'm just sitting here the whole time going, my God, you went to Connecticut? Anyway, okay. So um, Kit is used to being free-spirited and running around Barbados and not wearing shoes and just letting her hair blow in the wind while the slaves do all the work for her. Um, she's now in a super dour and ugly Connecticut. Okay, uh, she rude. is the type who dives off the boat into the water to get a doll that a little girl named Prudence loses. And it doesn't go well because Prudence's mother, Goodwife Croft, immediately accuses her of being a witch because she can swim. Cool. Like, that's your first thing you do the first minute you're in Connecticut waters. Anyway... Um, she ends up talking to a divinity student named John Holbrook while they're on the boat together. And he's and he's like, hey, you might not want to swim in front of these people because they will accuse you of witchcraft and possibly kill you. And she's like, oh, these backward individuals. You own slaves. Sorry. Yeah, no. Every time I go back to like her going, you have to do all this work yourself. I'm like, bitch, you had free labor. You owned people. Shut up. You literally owned people. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, Uncle Matthew eventually agrees to let Kit stay. Basically, she has no other place to go. Uh, her Aunt Rachel and Cousin Mercy are super happy to have her there. Uncle Matthew and Cousin Judith are like, <laughs> fuck this. Um, but they're and the kids are very protective of the limited household resources because they're in Connecticut and they're Puritans and they don't have a whole lot. Um, so they're like, hey, Kit, if you're going to be here, you got to be useful, which is hard for Kit. Um, mm -hmm. She has to do all sorts of things to help her family with farming and a bunch of other stuff that her slaves did for her before. 
And it's, we're supposed to feel bad for Kit reading this, but then I'm sitting there being like, okay, I've read like a lot about the life of Tituba or what we've been able to pull from like, as in like Salem, um, and just go, my God, the English literally kidnapped people from Dutch colony areas and like brought them back. Like Native Americans, well, Native or like South Americans, the whole area going back up to the coast, it was, and Amerindians, super expensive especially women because they would just kidnap them bring them onto the boat sail away and be like oh well we're just doing this to the dutch you kidnapped a human okay moving on um kid is really bad at social norms and not good at picking them up and not in a fun adhd or autism way like we've learned on tiktok or whatever she's just a really bad person um, she goes to the Sabbath meeting in a super fancy dress because that's all she has mm -hmm. and also has to go to Thursday lectures and put up with Puritan morale and feelings and laws. And she's like, impossible. Like, she's like, I'm just going to be true to myself. And it's like, girl, you're 16 and you're in a, literally a colony where they will kill you. Um, so her cousin Judith is kind of a brat, um, but she takes a serious liking to John Holbrook that divinity student and mm. she's like i'm gonna marry that guy and everybody's like you just wanted to marry this rich dude and she's like don't care want to marry him um kit's major faux pas of showing up to the sabbath meeting in an elegant silk dress and a like feathered hat uh causes some problems it also causes that rich dude william ashby to uh look at her and be like i'm gonna start calling on you and she's like i don't like you her uncle gives approval for William to start courting Kit. Kit's like, I don't want to do this. They are not good together. They barely talk. Kit finally learns to knit so she has something to do while they're sitting in silence together. Mood. And she's like, wow, this is terrible. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on where the Puritan colonies are frustrated with King James for appointing a governor, Governor Andros, for anybody who knows that history of that time period, um, and is threatening to take away the rights of the covenant that has been established mm -hmm. with the colony. Um, Matthew, her uncle, is really big in local government and hates the king. Although he's like, I don't hate the king. I just don't want him to take away our rights because we built these houses ourselves and mm. kicked the Indians off the land ourselves. Like, very proud of this. Um, and so Kate sees him get really passionate about self-government and the removal of royal interference. And keep in mind, Kit is like, yay the king because she's from barbados and she's like i don't understand what's wrong with y'all the king is fine and they're like just, sh just shut up so over the summer kit becomes a teacher at mercy's summer school and makes money helping kids learn to read um she decides that they're gonna put on a play because she remembers what that was like and she's like hey let's do this we'll do the story of the good samaritan and mercy's like hey we don't like act in this colony like that's kind of a a heathen thing to do <laughs> and she's like but it's the bible it's fine so of course the rowdy boys beat the shit out of each other just as like the um head of the school shows up the headmaster and dismisses kit for her imaginative methods and threatens to disband the school entirely because clearly women are weak and unable to control children i shit you not this oh, is God. the whole um Kit freaks out, runs into this great meadow where she finds Hannah Tupper, who is a Quaker living near Blackbird Pond. That fact is very important later. Um, yes. Hannah is thought of as a witch because she's poor and a Quaker. Basically, mm -hmm. if you weren't a Puritan, you were the devil. 
It's a whole mm. thing. Uh, Kit and Hannah become friends. Hannah tries to teach Kit how to use her natural gifts to fix situations. Like, hey, let's take this chaos and like use it for good. Witchcraft. Um, witchcraft. Um, witchcraft. Hannah <laughs> becomes a refuge. Nat shows up there all the time. And then Prudence starts to come there to learn how to read. And so Nat and Kit become closer because they're both interested in taking care of Hannah. Prudence learns to write her name in this book. Again, important later. Yeah. Um, seasons turn to fall. There's a corn harvest and a husking bee, which sounds boring as fuck. But, you know, this is the kind of excitement where young people get together and get all romantic. Yeah. So Judith begs her dad to give his blessing for her to marry John. John has asked permission to marry one of the daughters, but he meant Mercy. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable because Mercy's maybe lame, but she's not a little shit. Yeah. Um, so political stuff almost causes bloodshed when King James Governor Andros takes over the Connecticut colony. Um, William proves that he's there for the Puritan cause, which before he was all kind of a, a royalist. And he ends up hiding the colony charter on Halloween. And then they're like, oh, no, the spirits must have taken it. And everybody looks at Kit like she's crazy because she says that anyway. Um, mm-hmm. John, however... John Holbrook supports the royalist regime and he ends up enlisting in the militia as a medic and he's captured by the original owners of the land, a.k.a. the native tribes that they kicked off the property. I was going to say, like, the original owners of the land, the natives. You know, the people who were living here when we landed. who lived there. So winter hits, the entire town is hit with illness, which of course is going to be a problem. Mm. Um, Not just because people are dying. Judith ends up getting super sick and has this very long recovery. Mercy almost fucking dies. Um, Kit is explained to get better because she had a healthy upbringing in Barbados. Who, so she had plenty of sunshine and fresh fruits and vegetables. Like, literally that stuff is included in this book. Like, she w- is healthy. And it's like, everybody's like, well, she's a fucking witch, clearly. Um, a bunch of kids in town die. The, the an entire mob decides that Hannah Tupper must be the witch and that must be why everyone is dying. So she ends up having her house burnt to the ground, but Kit goes and saves the day by like helping get her out and through like this pond and gets her to Nat so that Hannah can go off on a boat and, and disappear. Um, but of course, Kit is arrested. Mm-hmm. And the mob finds all this proof that she was teaching Prudence to read in this burned down house, they mm-hmm. find this horn book, which is basically like, this is how you learn to read. Here's all the letters. And this is how this works. The most damning information though, is a book that Prudence has been writing her name in. And she's been practicing her name over and over and over. So it looks like a spell. Oh my um, God. So they're like, Hey, why don't you tell us why her name is written over and over again? And she's like, I can't do that. because She doesn't want Prudence to get beaten by her parents. And they're like, well, guess what? You're like, you're arrested for witchcraft. We're going to throw you in a shed. And like, the most unbelievable part of this is that people actually came forward and are like, I hate that you're having to go through this. Here's a blanket. No, they would have just let her to fucking rot. That's what they did in Salem. They let people fucking rot. Yeah, or honestly, she wouldn't even have been given like a shed. It would have just been like yeet into a body of water that she cannot swim from. Yeah, and they even talk in the book about um, we'll make her do the swim test, and it's like mm-hmm. she's already proven she can swim. Anyway, um, Nat shows up, even though he's been banned from the colony because he did stupid shit. Um, <clears throat> well, helpful shit for Hannah, but stupid shit for him. Um, 
and he brings prudence. So the little five-year-old gets up and she testifies that, no, 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 Kit's not a witch. She was teaching me to read. And her dad's like, if I had been, been literate, I would have loved to teach you to read, but I'm not literate. So I'm so thankful and basically tells his wife to shut the fuck up because his wife is the one who brought charges. But so did a bunch of other people about things that didn't even, that happened before Kit even got to the colony. And one of them is, she looked at me what but that's like that's that part is actually real like we'll get into that a little bit more yes um john makes it home he throws himself into mercy's arms mercy of course is happy to marry him judith and william fall in love with each other and she gets to move into his beautiful house they have a double wedding um nat returns from barbados with a boat of his own and he and kit set off sail to get married or some shit I hate that you made me read this. I hate that I made me read this. Because I remember in, in eighth grade being like, well, she, you know, she's really just different. And, you know, differences are important and we should embrace it, which we should. We should. But this is some white people fairy tale shit. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you all the Salem stuff you didn't want to know. Even you though know, this happens in Connecticut, it's all connected. Honestly, reading this... Uh, it reminded me of my favorite worst book, uh, A Birthday Cake for Mr. Washington. Yes. Where it's just like this revisionist, like, white savior book. Or Okay, so if you guys haven't heard us talk about A Birthday Cake for Mr. Washington, it's honestly the worst book I've ever seen in my life. But it's such like an emblematic uh, book about, like, talking about stuff like this in America. So basically the premise of the book is uh, all the slaves... At Mount Vernon get together to make a cake for George Washington because he's such a good slave owner. And this is a book for children. And it's 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 awful. It's it's terrible. Um okay. Where do you want to start? Because I feel like any one of these could send let's, us yes. Let's start with the slavery aspect because okay, my fucking god. So you're going to hear a lot about how a lot of these colonies that had Puritans did not have slavery. Okay. No, they have servants that a lot of times they bought from yes. Barbados. Yes. And when we're talking about servants, we're not talking about the fact that they got paid. No. They were paid in room and board. Yes. Which still just slavery. And they would get like Christmas off. In the colonies, though... For about 20 years, they didn't celebrate Christmas. In Massachusetts, mm -hmm. they didn't celebrate Christmas because it was, I, I don't remember the exact dates. It was before the witch trials. But it was because it was considered to be a pagan holiday. And that, you know, you could celebrate the birth of Christ, but you needed to do it quietly. Mm -hmm. And you needed to do it with reverence and not with celebration or gifts or anything like that. Um, that was all pagan shit. Weirdly, I find that very valid. Because it is very pagan. At, I, mean, same. I mean, like, a lot of our celebrations, especially in the United States, you can see being pulled from different pagan festivals. And I'm not yeah. saying that it was quote-unquote stolen, because you hear that a lot. A lot of synchronetic shit happens with religion. Well, and not just synchronicity. A lot of it was just... I don't want to say, like, chill assimilation, because there's nothing chill when it comes to Christianity. 
Um, new sticker for 2023. There is nothing chill ever when it comes to Christianity. But there was a lot of stuff that, like, honestly, they just, like, picked up because they thought it was cool. Like, it, it, it's cultural appropriation. But at the time, it was with, like, dying civilizations and dying cultures. Um, I noticed this a lot when I got, like, an assortment of Christmas ornaments once. And it was full of, like, mushrooms and logs and, like, little woodland things. And it's like, huh, this feels pagan as shit. Does some research. It's pagan as shit. Turns out. Um, so we need to talk about how this is probably a bad book for children unless your teacher is super, super smart and super, super, like, you know, aware of this stuff. Because I can, there's a part of me that can see why your teacher may have not emphasized this and why children in America certainly don't. In hindsight now, it's a bunch of red flags everywhere. It's red flag on the field. But... Red flags in with Mr. Rochester. I like that man, so... So, you know. Fuckboy Rochester? I did like him. We know this. By the way, it's Jane Austen's birthday. Oh, well. Which we celebrate now instead of my friend's former wedding anniversary because she's now happily divorced. Uh, Happy birthday, uh, Jane Austen. She's dead. I don't know why I was like, she's going to hear us. She's dead. She's not. With the little mermaid. (laughs) She's she's dead. Uh, But like, a lot of this stuff was just assimilated in. We also super need to talk about the fact that... um, Let's do some Salem witch trials and just witch trials in general. Uh, trutherism here because we've talked about this before ad nauseum, but we need to do it again. It does bear, uh, bear repeating. One, the witch trials were a giant land grab because people be bitches. Land grab and also to get rid of people who were inconvenient. Um, yeah. especially women who were considered to be beggars yes. often because their land was taken even though it was legally left to them yes. because a lot of times in the different colonies they'd be like but i want that land your husband's dead and you have no children so it's ours exactly now. and a lot of it actually were women who were pretty wealthy because they were widows mm-hmm. uh and you know they had this property they had this land and you know they weren't dying fast enough i guess <laughs> And the town Actually, just- in some cases, that's true because what would happen is the woman would be left the land while she was still alive. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, hey, you get this until you eventually pass away. And a lot of times, the sons would get irritated waiting. So the woman would a lot of times get like one third of the property, mm-hmm. but a lot of times her oldest sons would be irritated because they're like, "Well, mom's not dead. I want that land." Right. So they would do legal things to take it away from their mothers. Yeah. And, you know, we have to talk about King James, who was a very famous witch hunter. And by witch hunter, I mean coward. Uh, He was afraid of witchcraft after some travels in Denmark and in Sweden. Uh, Scandinavia had its own witch trials, which were awful. Which they mostly called men, which is interesting. It is. And then England did it, but wrong, or somehow worse. Uh, and Scotland did it even worse than that. Yeah, which again, we can thank King James and his gay ass. <laughs> that flip-off was not for you, that was for King James. I didn't think it was for me. But um, King James <laughs> was horribly afraid of witches and witchcraft. Um, 
you see that especially coming to fruition after the gunpowder plot that he was also convinced was a part of witchcraft, even though it was just Catholics. Catholics with some gunpowder and access to the tunnel under Parliament. Yeah, like it literally had nothing to do with witches. It was just some Catholics. Catholics aren't, not all Catholics are witches. Some Catholics are witches. But Catholicism is a hoot, y'all. Folk Catholicism is amazing. I love it. Like, I could get behind me some folk Catholicism. I love it. I. It's always so funny to me when people go, like, super, super, like, intense with that. It's like, uh, there's no space for any of that in Catholicism. Like, do you look at what building you're in? How pagan all this shit looks? That is a man in fanciful robes embroidered with gold, surrounded by statues and stained glass, with candles of different colors on wreaths and plants. There's also a lot of incense. We have a giant ball of metal that we swing into the crowd full of incense. And it burns your eyes. Remember the first time I went to a Catholic church with uh, one of my exes who was very Irish. And um, I was so confused because I was raised evangelical. And then we ended up going to a Lutheran church just because that was where my step-grandma went. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I got the weird Protestant aspect of some things. And then I went into the Catholic church and I'm like, can I take communion? And they're like, no. Like, I can take it at my church. And I I dated this guy who's my favorite thing. He was like, oh, I'm French and I'm Catholic. No, 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 bro. You were Quebecois. And you were freaking Church of England. Well, whatever it is out here. Um, it'll come to me later. And I'm sitting there going, you're not a real Catholic, and you're also not a real French person. And you live in Alabama. By the way, he's super right-wing now. That's, uh, not a shock. That's, that's not a surprise at all. Um, okay. So, we briefly touched upon, uh, some Salem stuff. We've briefly touched upon, um, how... Okay, let's actually talk some points. So slavery, no American likes talking about it because it was bad. Or that American thinks that slavery was high-key really, really good. That's what I've learned. It's either those two things. It's either, like, existentially painful to talk about, which, fair and valid, air quotes, or they don't think that slavery was that bad, which is more Americans than you think. Ask your grandparents their feelings on slavery. I was told by my grandmother when I was very young that the slaves were happy on, on their their land because they were well taken care of. And I'm like, I got older and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a lie that the slaves told you so they wouldn't get beaten or killed. Or honestly, it's not even that. There's a lot of research going into like the utter like outward displays of resentment that slaves did show. Because, you know, we do try to do that whole like, oh, well, the slaves, you know, hid that they were unhappy. They did not hide jack or shit. There was so much more rebellion than anyone likes talking about. Um, I maintain that my mood for 2023 is I refuse to argue with anyone that John Brown should that John Brown would have shot. Like I'm not. Like, I'm not arguing with anyone about this stuff anymore. You're just incorrect. Um, But there was a lot of rebellion. There was a lot of passive rebellion. There was a lot of passive resistance. Um, 
that went into this. And I honestly, it's so funny you mentioned like, oh, you know, ask your grandparents. Like if I ask my great aunts who were, you know, daughters of sharecroppers and of slaves, they'd have many, many different things to say about, you know, how the family resisted and stuff like that, including one story in my family that um, the original patriarch of the family uh, escaped slavery by murdering the master of the house with a hoe, which, perfect. I'm sorry, my brain immediately goes, perfect for Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Right, like, excellent. No one can see me, like, faking hitting somebody in the head with a hoe, but... But I felt it. Know, know uh, that it's there. But yeah, it's like, awesome, I hope that's true. Uh, let's go back to that witchcraft and Salem thing. Salem was bad, guys. It's it was rough. Now now it's pretty fun now. I will say that. Just got back from there two weeks ago, then got horrifically sick. But anyway, um, some really interesting things that have come up over the past few years. So if you go to the Salem Witchcraft Museum, it's about 30 years out of date. Yes. It's um it's fun. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I laughed at the devil, cried about Rebecca Nurse. You know, you do what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. You can take pictures as long as there's no flash. Now I feel like I need to put the picture of the devil I took up because it's hilarious. Um, and then once you finish in that room of them telling you information, a lot of which is outdated because scholars have been researching this stuff since it mm -hmm. happened. Well, not since it happened because a lot of it was covered up and a lot of documents were burned and destroyed mm -hmm. so that the colony could get a fresh start. Um, so anyway... Tituba was probably not black, as we've all been taught. She was actually probably a mirror Indian. Mm -hmm. She was likely kidnapped, but because she was living in Barbados when she was purchased by Samuel Paris, um, she likely as a child would have shown up on this plantation, been raised there if she was not born there. A lot of times small children were just listed as black. Um, that was how the documentation was done. It was just easier to put them all under one thing. And a lot of times, those kids were um, like just listed by their mother or father's name. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you have a lot of people who came to the colonies and were known as like little Sam or black Nancy, or like they would have these names that, you know, were their actual names that never got used. They got an anglicized name and they got a descriptor. Um, Tituba is likely based off of what her tribe's name would have been. Um, mm -hmm. Likely. We uh, don't know 100% on any of this. There's an amazing book called Tituba Reluctant Witch, which is phenomenal. And it does a lot of history, a lot of reading, a lot of this. Um, this woman went and studied in Barbados and went through document after document, went through Boston's documents, went through Salem's documents that she could find. Um, what's really horrific about her story is after she basically, she told a lot of tales based off a lot of things that she learned from either her culture or the culture she was exposed to in Barbados mm -hmm. and things that she was told by her white masters mm -hmm. because she was like, this is what's going to save me. And she, her life pro was possibly horrible after this because she wasn't executed. She was sold or sent away as a lot of the documentation says to a different family. Um, she was forced to leave her husband and child behind um, she likely never saw them again. And keep in mind that during the trial, she was kept in a jail cell like everybody else. Um, and these jails were not comfortable. They were no. cold. 
They were wet. You had to pay for all of your own food. If you could not pay for your own food, you were not given food. Um, you had to pay for blankets. If you did not have money, you were not given blankets. So you would be freezing in a lice-filled prison and just basically have to stay there. There's actually a case of one woman, and I cannot remember her name off the top of my head. She is not usually listed as one of the people who was executed, but she died even though she was found innocent. She died because she was stuck in prison because she couldn't pay the back debt and her family was trying desperately to get money to get her out. So she was there for yeah. years. There was a little girl like who was mm -hmm. five years old who got accused of witchcraft who was thrown in prison with her mom and watched her mom die. Like, it's not cute. <laughs> no, and I think like that's a huge thing to mention is how much of this, you know, we mentioned earlier that it was a money grab, but we don't have the means to tell you how much of a money and like disruptive grab this was and how this really set back women a lot. Um, there are some fun, almost conspiracy theory vibe things that, you know, at first Puritan society was fairly sexually egalitarian because they had no choice. We, they needed women to work and to be able to hold property because at least white women were, in their opinions, better than all the brown women running around. Uh, so basically you saw this society where white women held a lot of power. That becomes a problem later for society. Um, and the men felt threatened. And saw, oh, well, this woman can own land after I die, which I'm probably going to because we're surrounded by hostile natives. <laughs> you know, we're surrounded by disease and hostile natives. The women can have a lot of things. And it was essentially just, it was this horrible reset button that took the lives of so many people over such arbitrary things, but are shockingly still very salient because... Funnily enough, I went to an Episcopalian school for a year. That's what I couldn't I, think of, Episcopalian. Sorry, go ahead. And I was accused of witchcraft for having a girl's name written in one of my notebooks when it was just fan fiction. But I was dead-ass accused of witchcraft. This is a school that had a dead man's thumb in their altar. And this is something that's so funny is people get this idea that the United States is like you know, oh, we have separation of church and state. Bullshit, we have separation of church and state. It may be in the Constitution, but y'all visit Texas, you're going to see mm. a very, very different thing. A lot of the southern states and some other places, too, are very much like, well, we have to ban abortion because it's against the Lord. Who's Lord? Whom's Where in the Bible doesn't say that? It doesn't, and it only applies to a very narrow reading of Christianity, and excludes Islam, it excludes the Jewish tradition, it excludes paganism, and it excludes the Church of Sh Satan, which all are fairly degrees of okay with that. So something really interesting that I found out talking to people who work in Salem, first of all, don't go in October. Just don't, don't go in October. That's fucking rude. Um, the staff people are hilarious. They're wonderful human beings. I would live there in a heartbeat, just not mm -hmm. in October. Um, one of the people I was talking to was saying that um, October was weird this year because while they did have the biggest turnout they've ever had, mm -hmm. like way too many people in Salem, um, they also had a lot more bigots show up than normal. So they had yeah. Christian groups that um, 
like tried to burn down the uh, satanic temple, which is literally just like an art gallery off the side of the road, y'all. Um, there was a person who was mentally ill, so this one, Alesso, who dumped red paint all over the Samantha statue, which is mm-hmm. hilarious because a lot of people in Salem do not like the Samantha statue. They're like, this is dumb. But other people are like, whatever. You know what? If TV people want to come here and take pictures, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Give us your money. Right. Um, <laughs> well, like, in, in that rise, I you know, I hate making this about current events, but you can feel that so much in Texas right now, where Texas has decided that drag shows are the worst thing on earth, that all queer people are pedophiles, and that being transgender is child, and, and that helping your transgender child is abuse, and that being transgender is wrong. Which screams. There's just. <laughs> What's hilarious, too, is a lot of these groups, they're coming forward and they're like, drag is evil have countless cases of men violating children in their churches, of violating women, of them not reporting it. I mean, look at that whole Southern Baptist thing that came out earlier this year where they have literal databases of men who have done things and then they've been like, oh, but it's okay. They got help from Jesus. Yeah, well, who's going to help the kid that he raped? Right. Like, it's not... Texas is weird and on fire, but that's okay. Uh, that's the only so, response I have. Yes. Some of the really interesting things, and, and like we said, this book is set in Connecticut. A lot of people think that the witch trials only happened in Salem. Uh-uh. No. Happened all over Massachusetts, happened in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It was either New Hampshire. Or no, it was New Hampshire um, that mm-hmm. happened in. I was like, we're oh, Vermont, but it was New Hampshire. Um, they obviously, the other states didn't have as many cases of people mm-hmm. that they were executed, but they still hung people. Um, right. Contrary to popular belief, people were not burned at the stake. That was a UK thing. So that was a very UK. Um, and a lot of things could get you in trouble for witchcraft. And mm-hmm. what's interesting with Kit is she tends to hit a lot of these boxes. Um, yes. She's outspoken. She um, avoids her chores and runs away. Mm-hmm. She dresses outside of her financial circle. So that was actually a big deal. Um, Women were only allowed to dress in certain fabrics Mm -hmm. if they were of a certain social class. So if you were poor as dirt and you showed up to church wearing a fine silk scarf, even if it was a gift from somebody, you could get in trouble. You could be accused of witchcraft because they thought, well, you know, you went into the forest and you made a deal with the devil and he gave you fancy fabric. And I mean, everybody in town can know that that was a gift from your uncle Charlie in England, but it didn't matter. Um, I just love, I just love the idea of like going out into the woods and it just being like the end of the witch movie where it's just a goat offering you like, like Dolce and Gabbana. It's like, here you go. <laughs> here's some Balenciaga and some butter. Like, right. Here's, that's that here's, wish to live deliciously, queen. <laughs> right. Like here's some of the Balenciaga 2023 winter collection. And also... Uh, here's some honey and some butter. I hope you enjoy. Bye. And then, you know, like the goat so, just like clops off. <laughs> one of the things I found really interesting. So there's a really great book called Devil in the Shape of a Woman um, that talks about the entire New England region for mm-hmm. witch trials. Powered through it before I went to Salem because I wanted to know. You know, I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I did because a lot of details are left out. And then like you hear stories like about Rebecca Nurse, who was basically deaf and almost blind and very unfit to sit trial could barely sit up in the thing 
was found innocent. And then when a bunch of people in the courtroom started freaking out, was tried again. Mm -hmm. So this like 80 year old woman who's just or a woman in her 80s, rather, who's very, very tired and just wants to lay down. Um, what's horrifying is then a lot of the accusers later on, fuck the Putnams, is all I'm going to say on that. Um, a year later in church, I mean, they had a whole fasting period where they're like, let's ask mm -hmm. for forgiveness. They came forward and, you know, apologized. And I mean, imagine that being Rebecca Nurse's kids and sitting in the audience and being like, did this bitch really just tell me to forgive her for a hoax that she caused? That got my mom killed. That got 19 other people killed. That had hundreds of people accused. And this bitch just wants us to simply forgive her. Are you shitting me? And having to sit yeah. there and be quiet so that you wouldn't get in trouble with the Puritan church you were in. Also, there's a whole thing about um, full and half covenant. So this is just me being full of useless information. So a lot of problems that ca were caused in Salem is there were some people who believed in the half covenant, some people mm -hmm. who believed in full. For full covenant, you went forward and you told everybody in the church every horrible thing you had ever done. Yes. Very publicly. And then you were forgiven and you became a full member of the church. Now keep in mind, they could also keep you from being a full member of the church. If they yeah. didn't like you or they thought you were weird, they could keep you from that. Half mm -hmm. covenant is when you went forward and you only confessed to the pastor. So you went to the reverend and you said, these are the horrible things that I've done. He absolves you. You become a half member of the church. This is important in the case of Giles and Martha Corey. So Martha mm -hmm. Corey, I believe, was his third wife. And she was a social climber. Mm -hmm. And not a bad person. Not a bad person. But she wanted to be in society. And her husband was a dick, okay? Like, I'm not, I love Giles Corey. I love him. He's got big dick energy. He's hilarious. I guess, what did Mark call it? Big crush energy. Um, oh my God. Anyway, so anyhow, um, he's like, all this is bullshit, y'all. This is all bullshit. And she's like, I want to be a member of the church. You know, you're going to go with me. We're going to be members of the church. So they did the half covenant thing. Well, a lot of people didn't like Giles Corey because he was a dick. And they're like, well, how come he gets to be a member of the church? Now, keep in mind, too, with the reverend, people in town pay taxes to pay the reverend. Mm -hmm. So Salem was notorious for people not paying their taxes for the reverend because they disagreed or didn't like him. So they had George Burroughs left. Um, he ended up getting brought back and executed. They literally took, went to Maine, brought him back. He's standing on the gallows and they're like, well, you know, no man who is a witch can say the Lord's Prayer. And he's reciting the Lord's Prayer as they're like, whatever, hang him. He's so a fucking reverend that they'd already screwed over financially. Are you okay? Do you need a minute? No, I'm not. Like, I was so mad reading all this shit because I'm like, and it just keeps going today. It just keeps going. We just do it in different ways to different people in different groups. Um, so, and the funny thing is, I'm sober. That's the disappointing thing about all this. This is how mad I get. Um, so you had Giles Corey, who's there. He's with his wife. Um, he was a really easy person to accuse. Um, Martha was hung. He was crushed to death. Um, basically, they kept putting stuff on him, putting rocks on him over and over and over. And this was a very common tactic in other places to get you to confess. Yes. He 
would not plea. And that was the problem. If he had pled guilty, he would have lost his land. If he pled innocent, he would have lost his land. And the land was deeded over to his children. And mm -hmm. so instead of caving and giving a guilty or not guilty, he literally, like, they go, do you want, you know, confess, just tell us something. And he just said more weight. Mm -hmm. Now there's a belief in Salem that has some weight and doesn't have some weight at the same time where supposedly he cursed the um, chief of, or like the, the head constable or whatever. And supposedly almost every constable they've ever had since has died of a heart attack. Can't mm -hmm. verify that a hundred percent. So I'm just going to say that's an anecdote you hear a lot out there. Um, you also hear this anecdote that if people see Giles Corey and they have seen his spirit, um, that the town is going to catch fire. So they had a huge fire in 1914. They've had multiple instances where people have seen him and something big has caught fire. So there's this, this belief that he cursed the town before he died. But all the only thing that we have documented is him saying more weight. Religion was an insane thing out there. So basically, if you weren't full covenant, even if you were half covenant, you were still a suspect. Um, Quakers were completely untrusted because they thought that they were in league with the devil and insane. Because the Quakers were like, we don't give a shit. Come and hang out. Like, you need some food? Here's some food. God wants us to well, be good to each other. Okay, pause. Because Tori can do this all night. In a night. lot of situations. Not in all situations. Yeah, pause. Tori can do this all night. Uh, it wasn't just the Quakers. It was all of those communities back in the day, which would later then include the Shakers, yeah. the United community, and everything like that. There was a lot of distrust amongst the other communities with each other. No one trusted the Quakers for jack shit, which is why it's so funny that the guys on the oatmeal... Um, the Shakers were infinitely funnier, even though they didn't do anything actually funny. And then there were other communities. Huh? They made great furniture. They made great furniture. And then there were some other communities that were doing like weird sex shit and you made fine cutlery. So, you know, we... <laughs> So interestingly enough, too, you have the whole concept of in New York, what's called the burned over district, because they had yes. multiple things um, where a new religion would come in and sweep over and a bunch of people would convert and then they'd realize it was bullshit. And then yeah, they would just like no. the next religion. Yeah. Um, so think of like Joel Olstein coming in and converting your entire neighborhood. And then a week later, like Dr. Phil forming a religion and taking over the entire neighborhood. That's it just no that's one of the reasons that whole area was rife for spiritualism um but that's neither here nor there also they hated the natives obviously okay. uh they thought that the natives were in league with the devil um as well as the quakers if you weren't a puritan you were clearly in league with the devil because you were not following the covenant of god tori are you okay no like this makes me so mad because i sit there and i go okay a lot of this is is my deconstructing my evangelicalism upbringing. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> yeah, where I get really mad because I'm like, wait, why did you kill someone? They didn't do anything wrong. That yeah. woman got beat by her husband like 14 times publicly and no one did shit. And then you executed her? Bridget, so, was wondering. So I think here's the, here's the two takeaways you can take from reading this book. You have the black person who's been exhausted their entire life. And then the white woman who's like, I need to be angry again. <laughs> Which, fair and valid. I personally, I'm, gl I'm glad that I never had to read this as a kid. I'd probably just be mad at it to this day. 
I'm going to tell you 100% Kit would have been executed in Connecticut. A lot of times what happened is if you were accused once, if you were accused again, you were executed. It happened a lot, a lot more than you think. Even if you were accused in one colony and you went to another colony. Um, one of the things we talk about too with Hannah is she actually is branded, which is one of the reasons why nobody in the town would like help her, or her husband um, because she was branded in another community and they ran away and they showed up. And so basically if you've got this brand on your forehead saying you're a heretic, no one's going to take you in. No one's going to take care of you. Um, they would brand people for being fornicators. Um, they would put you in the stocks. Um, mm -hmm. They would charge you outrageous fees. You could never pay. Like, yeah, really, um, really shitty stuff that has nothing to do with Christianity. So here's the funny thing. It's almost like there's a reason why uh, right wing individuals love pointing to the Puritans as uh, the model for Americans. It's almost like that's done intentionally. And I Just need y'all to know, focus on the family is a terrorist organization. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, you know, when Reagan was making all those great allusions to Cotton Mather and everything, there was a reason for that. I'm just going to leave that there because otherwise we'd be here all night and I don't want that. Uh, Cotton Mather was a psycho, y'all. He used to preach to pirates who were about to be hung who would jump off the platform so they didn't have to hear him talk anymore. That's cited, y'all. That is real. They would get so irritated hearing this man be like, you must repent. They'd be like, fuck you, and jump off the platform. That's such a mood, though. Like, how like, how like, annoying do you have to be where they're like, peace out, underworld, let's go. <laughs> like, that's, that's such a mood. <laughs> ah! All right. So... We talked about everything that we need to talk about. Do you want to discuss uh, the author? I had words. Yes. They're gone. So I don't have a whole lot about her, mostly because there wasn't a whole lot written about her that I was able to find. Um, she didn't have a really fun, sneaky history like we usually have, which is a little sad, a little disappointing. Um, like, come on. So she was born in Melrose, Massachusetts to Harry Allen and Demetria George. And Demetria is like the best name I've ever heard. Like it's, it sounds like something from the Adams family. Mm -hmm. um, she grew up near Boston and she lived a lot of her life in New England, which is where she set most of her books. Um, she actually has quite a few and they're almost all historical. Mm -hmm. uh, she started writing when she was around eight and she continued writing in high school. She went, she got her BA from Smith College, which... It's a pretty great university. Um, she got her master's from Boston University, and she taught at several private high schools. Um, her life went very much different than what she was expecting. She got married and moved to Connecticut with her husband, Alden Spear. Um, she had a bunch of kids, and marriage and kids did not leave time for her to write. Um, she ended up starting to write again when she her kids were in junior high. Um, the Witch of Blackbird Pond is actually her second book. It's her second historical novel, and it was actually published in 1958, which explains why you can get a lot of, away with a lot of the stuff that's written. Um, uh, mm. I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily in the cultural zeitgeist for white people there. I'll, I'll yeah. leave it at that. Okay. Um, she won a lot of awards. She won the Newbery Award, Scott O'Dell Historical Fiction Award, and Christopher Award. Um, Scott O'Dell is an interesting character that I would love to cover. Um, we had to read Island of the Blue Dolphins when I was in high, or not high school, uh, junior high as well, which takes place off the coast of California. 
Anyway, um, she ended up dying of an aortic aneurysm at 84. Um, she was living in Phoenix at the time, and the year was 1994, 1994, not 44, 94. Um, so initially, I thought she was still alive just based on, like, how she was phrased in, in a lot of things. And mm -hmm. then I like get to the part where it's like, she died in 1994. I'm like, oh, okay. She did. She was dead before I had to read this, I think. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I don't do math about when I was in school anymore. Same. Uh, we have some resources. So we have spark notes because of course we do. There's mm -hmm. actually biblio.com has a whole biography of her and a list of her works. So we use that as well, as well as Wikipedia. And then also I'm going to include the links for the devil in the shape of a woman and to by reluctant witch, because mm -hmm. they're both incredible. Um, I have a stack, a massive stack of books that I got in Salem just because I'm that bitch. Um, and I plan to read a lot of them. They are super fun. Uh, <laughs> super fun being let's read about graves. Um, but yeah, I had to read this in junior high. I have never had to read this. Uh, and my life was better for it up until this point. Which is so why I'm could, going to punish you next month. I noticed. Would you like to tell everybody what you're making me read? We're reading Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Why? Because I want to punish you. The good news is it's a very short book. But it hurts a lot. I'm going to have to find the audio so I can just speed through it. Nope. I hope oh. you enjoy. I hope you enjoy this terrible little book about a bunch of horrible fucking birds. It's about actual birds? <laughs> I just thought that was my guy's last name. No, it's about a seagull named Jonathan Livingston. What are you going to make me read next? Pilgrim's Progress? No, not that bad. But no, My God! To, nope, you get to read Jonathan Livingston Siegel now. At least I'm giving you short books to deal with. This one's relatively short. So we are all over social media because, of course, we are. We um, are. We're still technically on Twitter. I don't know how much we check it, but it's uh, unfortunately. I check. Our, our... I at least check it daily yeah. to make sure that it's not on fire. Um, we're on Facebook on Unfortunately Required Reading. Every once mm -hmm. in a while, <clears throat> I will get tips your board and share something, usually from TikTok. Um, thank you to the few people who tag us in different groups to show us hilarious book memes. I love you very much. I I'll also super love it. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god. Um, there's one that's like classic Hellenistic memes for Hellenist teens or something. Love and that. I love it so much. Like, I just go there to laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Um we are also on Instagram. We are on, on unfortunatelyrequiredreading.com if you just want to go to one place. Thank you to the person who just uh, signed up to follow us. That was cool. Yay. And if you uh, want to email us because you're bored or you think it's funny, we're at unfortunatelyrequiredreading at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you to those of us who support us financially, including Varen Von Cheeseplate. Uh, you may do so at support.anchor.fm slash unfortunate required reading. Uh, your monetary support does help keep the metaphysical and physical lights on, and it is greatly appreciated. So this is that time of year where we want to wish you all wonderful holidays. Yes. Happy Solstice. Merry Qu Christmas. Happy yes. Hanukkah. Yes. Um, I don't know if you celebrate Kwanzaa, so I'm not going to... I'm just like, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, I don't know who does, personally. So Tori, did you just ask me if I celebrate Kwanzaa? 
I don't think you do, though. I, when have I ever said I celebrated Kwanzaa? You've never said it. That's why I said I don't think you do. So why would that have changed? No, I don't celebrate Kwanzaa, Victoria. I, I have a Christmas I, I was raised by Catholics. I don't celebrate Kwanzaa. Like, happy Kalida, um... Yeah, God, just, blessed Yule or Gut Yule. Um, shit, there's um, a ton of stuff that goes this on. This time of year food. can be really, really hard on people. Yes. Uh, especially those of us with trauma. Just be kind. It costs nothing to be kind. It costs nothing to check in on a friend if you haven't heard from them in a while. Um, and also to those of us who are dealing with me, you know, maybe some dead family sadness. Uh, there is nothing stopping you from throwing your phone into the ocean and running away from your family because not everyone deserves your time and attention on this uh, short, finite ride we call life. It is okay to be sad right now. It is okay to be frustrated. It's super um, okay. Pretty much everyone I know, their life is a flaming bag of dog shit right now. Yep. Um, so, be like, like Amanda said, be kind. Be yeah. kind to retail workers. Be kind to yep. medical professionals because they're yep. all in hell yep. right now. Uh, everyone's yep. trying to get their insurance or get Christmas presents. And it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And there's a lot going on in the world that we don't have time to talk about. Uh, but just know that we are aware of it. Uh, so just be careful out there, guys. Be safe. Happy holidays. We will see you in the new year. Hopefully reunited in person again. And then I can be like, reunited. And, and then Amanda will slap me and I'll stop. I, you always portray me as someone who has been outwardly violent to you. And you I have never been that. violent toward me. You have I given have, me the eyes. I have. You always try to be like, oh, and Amanda will hit me for this. I have never. What narrative are you trying to paint for me, Victoria? That I celebrate Kwanzaa? That I'm just regularly hitting you? What is going on? I don't in know. I just want to be fair. Why have you made me the angry black woman in your mind? You're, you're not the angry black I'm woman. I'm not. Anymore. I love you, man. We love Dude, you. Dude, I'm, I'm the cottagecore bisexual who's literally like read this book and thought it was fun when she was in eighth grade. Ah. So I have a lot to apologize for and I realize that. Y'all take care. Be safe this holiday season. Bye. Bye.